Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. To Kidley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, but Kidley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and um, we've got some stuff to talk about. Um, usually, these podcasts, like during the season, we get to talk about football more than anything, but there was a lot of off-field stuff that came out today that we're going to cover, and then we'll get into some notes from Carl Durrell's press conference uh, where we heard from Casey Roddick as well. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of news to start, uh, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff we learned, and maybe talk just a little bit about football. We'll see. Um, first though, Green Mountain Dental Group. They do incredible work. Uh, if you guys are looking for a dentist, uh, you should be going to Green Mountain Dental Group. They do, like I said, really great work. Um, they're conveniently located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood, Colorado. Uh, and, uh, they're family owned, they're huge Colorado sports fans. Uh, they also will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So, uh, make sure you guys do that. Um, news. Uh, so we kind of waited or I kind of waited all day to record today's podcast because it kind of just felt like the news was going to keep flowing. Um, so now we've got like an hour before the Buffs and Northern Colorado basketball game. Uh, and so I figured this was time to call it a day on the news side of things and, uh, anything else that happens we'll cover tomorrow. Um, big day, uh, starting with the university of Washington saying that they won't be able to play in the PAC 12 championship game um, as we'd expected. And I, I think as the PAC 12 had already clarified, when Washington said they weren't able to play, uh, the their spot went to Oregon. That's because Oregon was the number two finisher in the North, and they wanted to keep the format the same this year with the Pac-12 South playing the Pac-12 North. Um, and Washington was a champion. They are sick, and Oregon took their place because they were number two. Um, I, I do think that if Colorado had won against Utah and they were undefeated at this point that 
there would be some legitimate gripes about Oregon being included over Colorado. Um, but at this point, with Colorado having lost that game to Utah, I mean, this just makes sense, you know, to not totally destroy the whole format, especially because the three and one and three and two, the two teams, um, and that's about as similar as the records could be in an uneven number of games. So, uh, that went down, uh, a more legitimate gripe that I think Buffs fans can have is, uh, that now Colorado doesn't have an opponent because Colorado was the number two finisher in the South this week. They're just kind of pairing off all the way down 1v1, 2v2, 3v3. Um, and so Colorado was supposed to play Oregon. Well, now Oregon's going to the Pac-12 championship, and that means that Colorado doesn't have an opponent. A lot of Buffs fans are angry, and, um, you know, I think that they are right. You know, it it is a tough situation. Um to me, where the Pac-12 really made the mistake was by saying that Washington could have all week to cancel um, and saying that they were going to schedule all of their games before that, you know, to schedule all of them over the weekend and then say, you guys get to wait as long as you want. Because what happened was Washington said, um, we'll actually impose our own deadline, and that's Monday, and... At the deadline, they said, we aren't anywhere close to having the numbers to be able to play this week, so we're out. And I think that if the Pac-12 had waited just a day, um, then they could have built all of the matchups right now after that news came out. Um, but as it stands, Colorado doesn't have an opponent. Um, they do get to know that at this point because Washington had their own self-imposed deadline not because of the Pac-12. You know, the Pac-12, if if Washington had wanted to, they could have let this drag out all week and held out some sort of hope that they would be able to get their team ready to play and then just said on Thursday, we're out for the game Friday night. And in that case, everybody would have had to scramble. And that's a possibility that the Pac-12 left out there. Um, so that's what we know. Um, since then, just recently, actually, uh the University of Colorado Athletics Department sent out an email uh, press release basically saying um, that they aren't looking for a non-conference game to replace the game against Oregon. Um, so we know that it's not going to be like Rocky Mountain Showdown week or something like that. There was actually a, a report from one of the Georgia reporters that Georgia was trying to get a game scheduled for this weekend with Colorado State. So that could be interesting if Buffs fans don't have anything to watch. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, where we stand. If USC does, for some reason, have to pull out of the game on Friday, then Colorado would replace Col or USC. And, yeah, I, I guess if a Pac-12 opponent becomes available because another team cancels, then Colorado would probably be first in line to take on that opponent. Um, so that's where we stand with another football game. The Buffs, at this point should go to a bowl game. Um, obviously, they're 4-1, and one, and that record is good enough to get you into a bowl game for sure. But what makes things complicated is that the Pac-12 is down to four bowl games. Um, it sucks that they're getting the cancellations. On top of that, it sucks they didn't get a team into the college football playoff. Um, and so they really don't have a lot of games to send teams to. Um some teams have decided not to play in bowl games. 
Um, you know, Stanford is one of them. There were a couple in the ACC. So that's something to pay attention to as well. Uh, we heard from Carl Durrell that they were going to have a meeting today. Uh, him with the Buffs Athletics Department, you know, whoever's the representatives are, um, figuring out what their plan is going forward. Um, we haven't heard, obviously, what they decided, but we'll hear from Carl tomorrow, and I assume we'll have the details then. Um, Casey Roddick also spoke about that and said, like, you know, ev- through everything we've worked through for the last few years to get a chance to go to a bowl game, that's really big to us, and we want to go to a bowl game. At the same time, uh, us as the team leaders, we'll talk about it. Um, we'll, we'll talk to the players in the locker room. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, and just make sure everybody's on board because there are a lot of people who are having a tough time right now um, with the pandemic, not being able to see your family for forever. You know, Casey said that he hasn't seen his family since March, um, and there have been some, like, family matters that have come up, and he hasn't been able to be around his family for any of that. And so a whole bunch of those guys are going through a whole bunch of different things, and the team is beat up and all that kind of stuff. And with the bowl games dwindling, you know, it's a conversation they have to have, but Casey said that he really wants to, and that seems to be the vibe. So, with four bowl games going to Pac-12 teams, assuming Colorado doesn't get a game this weekend, they'll finish at 3-1, and one, um, and that would put 5-0 USC, 3-1 and one Washington in front of them. I guess Oregon going to a Pac-12 title game should go, um, but Colorado should get one of the four bowl games, especially with Stanford saying that they don't want one because they're at 3-2, and two, um, and they have UCLA at 3-3, three and three, but everybody else is pretty much out of it. So, um, bowl game, in theory, should be on the way. Um, we'll stay tuned and see what happens this week if the Buffs do play. Um, it'll be interesting to talk to Carl tomorrow and hear whether they're like practicing, how they use this week, that kind of stuff. Does he just give everybody a day off because they are so beat up? Um, who knows? But I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow. Um, we're going to talk about Antonio Alfano next because there was some stuff going on revolving him today, um, and it is important to address all of it. Um, first, though, Breckenridge Brewery, a great partner of ours at DNVR. They're the official beer of DNVR. And if you're trying to find a way to responsibly get your family out of the house, well, they have an option for you. They set up an ice skating rink at the farmhouse down in Littleton. It really is a cool campus that they have set up out there. Um, I haven't been in a while, obviously, but I would uh, I would like to get back there. And maybe I could bring some ice skates or something. Oh, and if I did bring my ice skates, it would only cost $3. Because if you bring your own skates, it's only $3. Um, it's $6 if you need to rent skates. Uh, there's a free tubing hill and there's outdoor seating where you guys can drink and eat and do all those fun things too. Um, really cool, and it's a great time to support them for sure. Uh, also, it feels like just yesterday that Los Angeles was lifting basketball's most coveted prize. Since then, we've introduced a new class of professional basketball players to the draft and seen a few marquee names switch teams. Luckily for us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is here to kick off the 2021 basketball season with a no-brainer for all customers, new and existing. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a plus 75-point spread on the team of your choice on opening night. That's right. All you have to do is bet on any opening night game, 
And if your team doesn't lose by more than 75 points, you will double your money. This Saturday, there will be an endless amount of action to get in on, so don't wait. Head to the App Store now. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a plus 70 points or plus 75 point spread on opening night for a shot to double your money. That's code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money on opening night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, Antonio Alfano. Um, there's a lot to get into here. Um, and... It all starts with a tweet that he sent out this morning um, with a screenshot of a couple of pages of his notes from his phone um, that kind of talk about his struggle with epilepsy. Um, We had heard that he had epilepsy uh, earlier this fall. It might have been in October. I think it might have been even earlier than that. Um, But... uh, that was when he reached out, I think, to Brian Howell after Brian had written a story about Antonio and like him potentially playing or had come up in the notes, something like that, and basically said, well, here's what's up. I have epilepsy. Now, there are a whole bunch of rules that dictate what you can say about other people's medical issues, and so I don't, I, I don't think like the athletics department was covering up that he had epilepsy. It just wasn't something that had come out yet um, until that point. Um, we got a bunch of details today from Antonio. Um, it was February 15th that uh, was the date of his first epileptic seizure. Um, and he's basically like documenting his whole thing. And if you want, you, sh- you should go to his Twitter page, read the whole note, um, because it's, uh, it's heavy stuff. Um, he talked about the seizures he's had, uh, his struggles with those seizures, um, trying different medications and those medications not working, um, and, and really not having found a way to deal with having these seizures. You know, he, he says he's scared when he's home alone that he's going to have one and there will be nobody to help him. Obviously, you can't drive when you're having these seizures. Um, and then he says that the football program hasn't been as supportive as it should have been. And uh, that, that's my general summary. Here's what he said. Um, football has been my life since I can remember. Now football seems like a false hope I've lived with my whole life. The CU Boulder football department has been attempting, in quotes, to help with my medical issue. I was scheduled for a three- to five-day epilepsy test that would give me all the answers I needed. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19, I was told my test needed to be rescheduled, and I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for someone, literally anyone, to reach out to me about how I've been dealing with my seizures. I feel as though my diagnosis has been pushed to the side and underplayed. It has been about two months since anyone from CU Boulder has asked me about my epilepsy or how my health is in general. At this point, I have no idea what to do or who to talk to to be taken seriously. I miss doing the simple things before my diagnosis. I miss being able to drive a car. Um, some of that other stuff, you know, getting scared when he goes to sleep. Um, he wants to get back to normal and he hopes that he can find a way to do that. Um, ends it with this football isn't a reality for me right now. The only thing I care about most is getting my life back and not being controlled by this medical condition. Um, 
so that's what's going on there. Um, uh, he, he followed it up with a tweet later and, and said this. Just to be clear, I'm insured through CU Boulder, so all the doctors I've seen have been recommended and paid for by CU Boulder. I don't talk to my dad enough to use his insurance, so this is why I'm so reliant on CU Boulder because I would have no other way to pay for anything. Um, there are some other tweets in there. Uh, not too much that adds uh, more context to what's going on. Um, but that came out in the morning, and shortly thereafter, Carl Durrell had a press conference and, of course, was asked about it. I think it was Brian Howell who was asked about it. Um, and he talked about a lot of things. You know, he really did emphasize how um, how much they care and how, how badly they want for him to get better and that they want to be a resource, those sorts of things, very supportive. Um, but then he did talk about um, Antonio basically saying that they, the buffs were not reaching out or anything like that. Um, uh, do, do, do. Okay, here, here's where he addresses that. He said, a lot of our communication has to be both ways. It has to be him being responsive to us, and then obviously he is seeking for us to be more responsive to him. We have responded, believe me. Chris Wilson, who is the defensive line coach, by the way, has been trying to stay in contact with him. Our academic coordinators and all of the people dealing with school have been trying to keep in contact with him. Our mental health services area has been trying to do things to keep him in the loop of things, too. Uh, we're all concerned about what this does to a young man mentally. He's not playing football, something he loves to do. He doesn't understand why he's having the issues he's having. Can you imagine the things he's going through? It's frustrating. I get it. I'm deeply concerned, but we have to be better at trying to get some solutions here. Uh, we just haven't been able to do that yet. Um, so there's all that. Now, Carl did say, as uh, the as Antonio said, um, that they did meet in October. I think Antonio said that. But Carl did meet with Antonio in October. Um, Antonio says he hasn't heard from anybody within the football program. I think he said the athletics department um, in about two months. So as it's now December, that would mean that that would be about the middle of October. Could be around the time Carl Durrell talked to him. Um, again, they do. Carl does say that they ha have been trying to stay in contact with him. That the Communication has to go both ways. Um, so that's what we have there. I don't have much to, <laughs> to add, if I'm being honest. You, you know, there is stuff you look at, like uh, the the insurance through the school. That makes sense. I, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll add one thought, I guess. Um, the school... If it does insure him, you know, I don't know exactly how that works, but I do know that I remember when I was going to college having the option to take health insurance through the school. I turned it down. If this is a situation where he just checked the yes box where I checked the no box, then I have some sort of idea how that'd work. And not to bash anybody, but I do know that it is very difficult to uh, sometimes get to take advantage of the resources that universities can offer. And I can only imagine during a pandemic how much harder it would be, um, especially for something like that, when medical people are very busy with a bunch of different things and, and there's the fear of transmitting the virus, all that kind of stuff. Um, all that said, it does, I mean, some, some, it would be very nice if somebody would help him, you know? Um, 
that is not something that I would ever want to deal with. And my thoughts certainly go out to him. And I hope that they find a way to fix it. Um, at the same time, as Carl kind of noted, and this is a, a tough thing to say, but it's like it, the football team doesn't have like doctors for epilepsy, you know, and they can't really provide those. I, I wouldn't think. And so it would kind of be this thing where you would go through your insurance, which is through the school and all of that kind of stuff. Um, one more note. And I think that that's all I kind of have on this um, is that Antonio also said that Chris Wilson reached out and the only time he reached out was to tell Antonio that there was a drug test that he had to take. Antonio says he didn't ask him how he was doing any of that kind of stuff. Um, and also Antonio wasn't able to go take the drug test because he can't drive a car. So, I mean, just so many challenges here, but, uh, actually there's one more line that I want to add here. Um, because here's the line. <laughs> you'll, you'll see why. Um, Carl Durrell also said today, um, while he was giving his answer, he said, the one thing I would say that is incorrect is that we've had a number of people who've tried to reach out to him over this fall. Um, I had a meeting with him earlier this fall in October. Uh, he's in school and trying to deal with school in these things. Uh, it's hard. Um, also added that he was scheduled to do some testing and that that got postponed. So there you go. Um, that's... Uh, not not everything that has been said is true is what we know for sure because um, Carl says multiple people have reached out. Antonio says that he's only heard from Chris Wilson and that had nothing to do with the epilepsy anyway. So those two things don't add up. And let's just my my thought is I'm just not going to jump to any conclusions. We're just going to see where this goes. And uh, more important than anything else, hopefully Antonio gets some answers and finds a way to better treat um, what's going on and hopefully gets back on the football field because um, I think that's what everybody wants. So um, that's that, and we're going to move on. WGT is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DMVR. It has become so popular that we have opened a fourth DNVR country club and each country club holds 250 people. So if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can download WGT and join the DNVR4 country club by going to dnvrgolf.com. We'll host weekly tournaments with awesome giveaways, so make sure you're signed up to win easy money and beautiful DNVR swag. WGT Golf is the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. Play WGT Golf from the comfort of your couch or anywhere on the go. Um, you can play close to the hole, full play. You can play famous golf courses like Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St. Andrews, Bandon Dunes. Um, and you can play head-to-head -head with players in the DMVR community um, because that's what's so cool about these country clubs. Plus, there are going to be tournaments every weekend leading up till Christmas. There'll be another one up this Friday through Sunday. And you're going to want to be warmed up by the time the weekend gets here. So go to dmvrgolf.com, download WGT Golf, um, the most popular free golf game in the world. And then uh, come play with us. Join the DMVR4 Country Club. All right. Um, some notes on the press conference. Um, because there was plenty of stuff that was talked about in there, too, that wasn't about Carl Durrell. Um, 
a lot of this is kind of outdated. Uh, he, he talked a lot about how they're kind of just focused on playing Oregon. They know what the situation is, or I guess at this point knew what the situation was, and we're just going to focus on Oregon until something changed. Um, that thing changed. We don't know what they're going to be doing going forward. I talked a lot about how hard it is to lose Nate Lamb to injury. Obviously talked about how hard it is for him um, and how, how bad they feel that he has to deal with this, but also about how he can just do things that other guys can't. And that if you're putting another linebacker into Nate's role, you can't expect him to do the things that Nate does. Uh, he said, we are not asking for them to perform like Nate. Nate is Nate. We just ask for our players to play the best they can within their skill set and the things that they do, doing our defense, making the right assignments, filling gaps, doing those things. Um, and he said, we should be very capable of doing those things. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what he talked about. He said it is tough. Um, oh, there was another piece of news that we didn't get to, but we're getting to it now. Tyler Lytle is entering the transfer portal. Um, coming into the season, there was a quarterback competition between him and Sam Neuer to be the starting quarterback. Um Neuer obviously won. Neuer will be back next year because this year doesn't count for eligibility. After that, uh, after that, assuming nothing crazy happens, Brandon Lewis will be a redshirt freshman. That will be the 2022 season. Uh, he'll be able to play 2022, 3, 4, and 5. Um, Tyler Lytle would have to beat him out for one year, and he could be a one-year starter if he does beat Brandon Lewis in 2022 and that path was probably not his best option right now. Um, and I guess, you know, he could go in and just beat out Sam Neuer in camp next year. It'd be a surprise at this point. Um, so he's going to transfer. Carl had a lot of nice things to say, said they had a conversation with him, and then now Carl really wants to help him find somewhere where he will have more of a role. Um, going forward, Brendan Lewis is the backup quarterback um, if they play a game Saturday or in the bowl game. That's how that'll work. Um Talked about, uh, um, oh, he talked about his team growing. He feels like they're in a really good place, um, that they feel like the foundation has been built. And he, one thing that I liked that he said was that kind of the silver lining to this pandemic is that pushed everybody together. Um, like Casey Roddick said, they don't get to go home. They don't get to see their families. He hasn't been home since March or seen his family since March. Um, and so they rely on each other a lot. And both Casey and Carl had a lot of very positive things to say about what that's done for the team. Um, and that Carl, there, there was another line I really liked that kind of wrapped this whole thing up. Um, Oh, the re uh, oh, our coaches are inspired. I'm inspired. The reason why is because the young men we're coaching have grown up so much and in a lot of ways have turned the corner in terms of being an average program to wanting to be an elite program. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's see. They're going to discuss what the next couple weeks are going to look like. Um, Here's what he said, because I think people might be frustrated about them potentially passing on a bowl game. And what he said was this. Uh, you know, he was just asked, could you see, see you saying we don't want to go to a bowl game? And here was the answer. Anything and everything can be understood in this deal. 
that is really what I've been saying for the last 15 minutes. It's always good to stay in good communication with our team. I take a lot of pride, and you can ask any of my players about being on the same page with them and being very transparent. They've been very transparent with me, too. We'll get a chance to visit, and I think it's the right time to visit. I don't have any answers to those questions yet. I want to do what's best for this team. I want to fulfill the goals and aspirations of our young men. That comes first. We will evaluate as we go and see where things end up. Right now, Oregon is on our plate. This is what we are planning for until told otherwise. That is really the best we can do right now. It really is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there's your answer on that. And, again, I'd expect them to go to a bowl game. Oh, one more note on some of the other stuff. One other thing I remember that I wanted to say. It sucks that Colorado is the team that kind of got the short end of the 12-sided stick, um, I guess, which seems pretty unlikely and is very frustrating. Um, and what I'm referring to is them being the team that's left without a game because Oregon is going to the championship game because of how everything went down. Um, it is worth noting, um, as of now, there have been, I guess, two games. Can- I mean, it's been weird. There's been one game that's canceled. Um, Arizona was supposed to play Cal. Both teams said that they have COVID, or maybe they didn't say COVID. Both both teams agreed to cancel that game. Um, so that's two teams out, and you're down to 10. Well, now Washington still can't play, so you're down to nine. So there was going to be one team that was going to be left out. Um, it wasn't going to be USC or Oregon, of course, because they're the two teams that are in the championship game, um, and that left five others. And so Colorado had a 20% chance of being the team that was screwed by whatever the Pac-12 came up with. Um, And I I guess my point is that it does suck, and I think that they should have handled it differently. Um, And Buffs fans really have every right to be mad, but it is worth noting that one of those five teams – did I do that math right? Three – no it would be one of those seven teams i'm suck at math um but yeah one of those seven teams was going to wind up with that short end of the stick and it just happened to be colorado and if it hadn't been for that reason it could have been colorado for some other reason and it could have been whatever um now you just gotta wait and see what happens i guess um who knows maybe they wind up playing oregon and it's the pac-12 title game instead of just a normal saturday um before we get out of here, a couple notes from Casey Roddick. He was pretty fired up. Um, he, he agreed with a lot of things Carl said about how close this team is. Um, you know, But he also said things like he thinks the offensive line is the most closely knit group on the team, and he thinks the defensive line is similar, um, and that because they have that relationships, in the same way that everything in football kind of starts in the trenches, he thinks that that's kind of like worked its way out from the the relationships being so good within the offensive and defensive line to kind of going out to the rest of the team. Um, I talked about what he had to say about the bowl. You know, he talked about everybody's really stressed. It's It's been really hard on everybody. Um, and they're going to talk about it as a team. And it's a huge opportunity and that he would really like to go play in a bowl game. Um, he talked about... Uh, Oh, he was asked about that. Uh, He said, you know, has it been worth it? And he said, every day I get to walk in these doors is a gift from God. There's so many people who don't have jobs and that kind of thing. Um, And for him to be able to play football throughout all of this with everything going on, he feels very lucky. Um, Again, said that the team is closer than any team he's been a part of, even in high school. 
and then it's going out to whoever's going to be in front of him, and they just need to beat that front seven. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's Oregon or whoever else. And then reiterate that it is a, just a really big family. Um, he was asked about uh, Coach Mitch Rodrig, who is the offensive line coach in his first year, uh, and he said that Coach Rod is the most energetic uh, uh, coach that he's had. Um, he loves his guys, and that those are the two things that really stand out about him. Uh, he said that he's trying to build a unit instead of like working on individual stuff. Uh, he, and and he think Casey thinks that that's worked really well. Um, and he thinks that that's what the team needed, um, and that those uh, relationships are what the team is built off of. And again, reiterate, it starts in the trenches and it's kind of worked its way out. And said that uh, Coach Rodrigue is kind of a father figure for him. So. That's some high praise for sure and a good way to end a show that was full of a whole bunch of bad and sad things. Um, luckily for me, I'm wrapping this up with like, what, a half hour before this Colorado-Northern Colorado game. And so I get to move on to something happy and fun. Uh, hopefully you guys are listening to this at a time where you don't have to keep thinking about how frustrating today was uh, in Buffs country. I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more information to talk about. Uh, so I'll see you then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.